0: Hey, what's up? It's Rashad, Antonio, OG, of course. Upon further review, we both saw Oppenheimer by one Christopher Nolan, one of our favorite filmmakers, probably the greatest filmmaker of his generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, man. Like he, he, he made like three classics in a row.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: would be real nerdy with this, but mm-hmm. I would implore you to pay attention to who's directing, who's writing not just the actors and all this stuff, but like who's behind the scenes, who's producing these movies. And I kind of give you like a good light into, you know, how the movie's going to be, what what they're trying to say about it. And it kind of leads us right into the discussion with um, Oppenheimer. Of course, this is basically an historical movie. The majority of stuff really happened in real life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a whole lot of uh, fantastical elements. This story, okay. If you know Chris Fanola, you already know he's never going to tell a linear story.
1: Ever. So, let's just say you want to be a weirdo. <laughs> and you want to be like, well, I want to go to Wikipedia and see what this movie's about first or whatever. And you just don't understand it. Wikipedia has a note at the top of the plot, where you know you go to plot. And the note reads, this film event takes place in a non- Linear timeline alternating between Oppenheimer's story from Cambridge to Los Alamos, his security hearing in 1954, and Strauss's confirmation hearing in 1959. For the purpose of this article, the story is just
0: summarized in chronological order. So, because what they're trying to tell you, this mm-hmm. movie is so difficult to yeah. do out of order because mm-hmm. it's not on like DVD or nothing yet. It hasn't been streamed to digital. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, this is the movie yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna need y'all to be happy about it you know what i'm saying yeah. so because the crazy part is it's really like that he really would say hey you know what y'all think i'm gonna sell this history historical movie in in a b c d e he said nah Mm-mm. it's gonna be a couple different ways i'm gonna tell the story in basically three different perspectives you know what I'm saying? That's like the crazy part. You know, here's my first initial takes on the movie Oppenheimer. Number one, it is three hours long.
1: <laughs> and it
0: feels... Yo, I it did f- not realize it was three hours.
1: <laughs> I didn't either. And it feels like three hours long. Number two, some people might see, hear the hype about the movie and really don't know the whole thing and they'll go, go see it. And then they'll go see it and be like, yeah, I didn't like it because... You know, some people, you know, not judging anybody or, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Some people just don't have the capacity to sit there and watch something like this. And like I said, it can be confusing because it is jumping all over the place as far as, you know what I'm saying, as flashbacks, flash, flashbacks, flash forward. What would be the present time of, you know what I'm saying, his life and stuff like that. And then number three, my other thing is, Man, if you go watch this, for the love of God, please go watch this in IMAX. Definitely. definitely, Because I I was in IMAX watching this like 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 oh, oh, I felt like <laughs> I felt like Merv from Home Alone 2 when he was getting electrocuted wow. in the basement. Oh, oh, it was just stimulatingly crazy. Not just visually, but but sound
0: wise yeah auditory was, wise auditory too. it was yeah. just
1: it was crazy how auditory it was
0: man so even with that being said mm-hmm. the the number one thing my number one takeaway from this movie is this is Christopher Nolan unhinged yes yo F, it really yes. feel like because okay again going like behind the scenes with stuff right before Christopher Nolan's basically movie partners was Warner Brothers Warner Brothers is notorious for editing stuff, taking stuff out, having director's notes and all that. So I felt since this is his first joint that's distributed by Universal, Universal said, Hey, make whatever movie you want. And you he have said,
1: Carte blanche.
0: <laughs> he said, Look, I have a runtime of exactly three hours, and this is what I really want to do. And it was like, Man, we already paid you, so you might as well go ahead and do yeah. <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the, you know the crazy part is what's that? They're gonna get the return on their investment. Yes. The movie made 80.5 mil. Yes. That's with like the counter programming of, of Barbie right, right next door. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them dropped basically at the same time.
1: So we can talk about that real quick. Bar bar, you know, this weekend was Barbie, Barbie Hyman, as they like to call no whatever. And of course, you know, people who are like I'm not trying to see that. I'm going to go see Barbie or whatever. I expect Barbie to outsell this movie if they oops going head to head. You know what I'm saying? Something failed with that. <laughs> I expect Barbie to, you know what I'm saying, outsell this movie cuz Barbie is a is a is a a worldwide institution. Barbie made 150 what million, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, this weekend. I'm cool, but the fact that Oppenheimer still was able to pull 80 million is Pretty daggone good, especially this is like a historical, uh, you know what I'm saying? A historical movie and a and, and a movie that isn't, you know, super action packed, like it's, Chris- it's
0: the exact opposite. Yeah, of all that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so when I saw this coming, I was like, yo, this is gonna be really interesting to see like 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 just the crowds and the demographic that draw. Cause I was in the theater, I was looking. And mm-hmm. when I mean mm-hmm. it was full of old white men. And they're watching there, I mean, they were in that joint deep. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, this is kind of what I expect. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. of course, we seen, I saw all the social media stuff from the Barbie. I mean, they was, they came out in droves. And when I left the theater, mm-hmm. it was so many, like 16 to like 25, 34 year old women going to the movies. I said, I already know what they're going to see. They I were dressed
1: up and the, the funniest thing I ever saw, I saw on, on social media was they said Barbie was uh was the Black Panther for white women.
0: I saw that too. <laughs> and it was so true. I yeah. mean, it was really they 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 had their day in the sun, man, and everybody yeah. should. So like, yeah, all right, let's get back into yeah. to Oppenheimer mm-hmm. though. But yeah, so Chris Nolan said, Hey, I want to make a three hour movie. And I want it to be and I wanted to be basically set like this. I want to have um, Killian Murphy, basically Oppenheimer, who put in, the, mm-hmm. who did an amazing job. I'm so glad that man is getting his flowers because, yeah. you know, he's been supporting character in all of Noah's movies for the most part. Um, his perspective. So Oppenheimer's perspective. Mm-hmm. We also have like this random like black and white perspective, which we didn't realize until the end. That was um, Strauss. Um Oppenheimer's um, you know, the dude at the beginning of the movie tried to like say, Hey man, like you need to come join my college. That mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And played then, by
1: Robert Downey Jr. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who also did a really good job. You know what I'm saying?
1: When, would not be surprised if he's nominated for best supporting actor.
0: Right? Yeah, he he did really good. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Cause like I, cause in my mind, I'm like, okay, we, we jumping around because there's no way to tell the story is straight. Right. In my mind, I'm trying to figure out like yo, who was gonna be the villain of the story, you know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Because seeing how we did not get any of the Japanese side of the story, mm-hmm. there is no perspective of anybody else, and the story is truly told through the eyes of Oppenheimer mm-hmm. and the things that he cared about and what he loved and what he did, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. also told through the eyes of Strauss, mm-hmm. of how he felt like yo yo Strauss Hater! when I mean <laughs> Strauss was so mad and for nothing. for nothing he just had a vendetta because he because he thought somebody he thought somebody said something about him
1: yeah so this was so this is what Strauss's problem right here number 1 he felt embarrassed because there was some type of commission Earth, and, and um he wanted to do something i can't recall yeah he whether.
0: wanted he wanted to kind of press the issue of the hydrogen bomb
1: right of the hydrogen bomb or whatever and oppenheimer basically like played him you not necessarily played him just like yo this is ridiculous it kind of made him look ridiculous he had all these science people laugh at him Nef- also strauss was not a science person nah, as well he wasn't all. a si- at all a science person So that happened. And then what also happened is he's trying to get Oppenheimer to come and be a professor at his college that he's in charge of and stuff like that. And that's the same college that Albert Einstein also is a professor at this college as well. So what happens? So, you know, he sees Albert Einstein at a pond and he's like, oh, yeah, he comes out here all the time and feed the ducks and blah, 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 this and that. And but, but like, he was like, he thought he was kind of like Big Willian.
0: Well, he, he, was, he was trying to flex on him. Yo. Yeah, like, like yo, hey,
1: like... you want you want to meet him? And he was just like, so Oppenheimer didn't even flex back. He just talked, he was like, oh, yeah, we like basically came down.' was like, yeah, we've we, we, we known each other for years, man. Like, that's 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 my guy.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in the movie, in the beginning of the movie, you see that um, Oppenheimer walks out towards Einstein at this pond. Strauss kind of leans back, you know, just to see the view of like basically these two scientific geniuses like having a conversation, but he's not within earshot of the conversation. You see yeah. the conversation going on and then next thing you know, you see Einstein walking away and and Strauss is like, hello, Einstein, Albert, how are you doing? Blah, 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 this and that. And Einstein like basically like him, ignores him completely. Like yeah, he just blows, walks, him, off. blows yeah. him off. And because of that, he felt that they were talking about me. They were talking <laughs> negative about Lee. And because of that, compiled with later on, after the atomic bomb success and, you know what I'm saying, and Strauss wanted to, you know, go to the next level to work on a hydrogen bomb, because of that, he had a vendetta, a V for vendetta, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, thing for Oppenheimer. And we find out at the end of the movie that that you know we we, we start the movie kind of like where we we end the movie where we started off they Definitely. actually show the conversation between Einstein and Oppenheimer and also like during Strauss's point of view the guy that's like his assistant you know when he was trying to get commissioned to be on the um like the presidential committee or whatever he was like yo you're going through all this do you even know what the conversation's about How do you know they were talking about you? They the only ones that had the conversation. Nobody was saying He just looked at him like, huh? And then it goes and shows back that conversation. And you actually hear. They ain't say Jack-ish about Strauss. They were talking about the ramifications of creating the atomic bomb. And, And basically, that's what this movie was about for me. Dealing with, you know, Oppenheimer having, in the beginning, creating this theory of, yeah, this can't be done but we really don't need to do it. And then the U.S. goes and drops the bomb not once, but twice. (laughs) Not once, but twice. And he basically is like, oh my God, I created this weapon of mass destruction and he feels, and he's dealing with like the PTSD, even though he didn't drop it. He created it, the PTSD of millions of people dying, you know what I'm saying, died because of this. And then it's like, how much further are we going to go with this? Because now another country is going to try to make a bomb. And then America's at the same time talking about, some atom bomb was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's work on a hydrogen bomb. <laughs> like, yo, like what's going on here?
0: It's crazy. And you know, the crazy part is why, like the even that conversation that Albert and him were having was like, look, yo, do you understand that will we when we put this bomb out there, We could actually start a chain reaction and within the atmosphere that literally burns the entire world.
1: Yeah. 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 Tony, I was like, Tony,
0: the the ridiculous nature of somebody who was wanting to do the thing as an I mean, come on. You got to be a little bit crazy to be a scientist. And they say, you know what? Let's do it. Right, and he agreed to, Like the risk of, of Tony literally yeah. burning the entire world because yeah. of the atmosphere was so charged mm-hmm. that we just burn everything. And they say, you know yeah. what? Yeah, let's try it out. And these yeah. fools was outside just chilling with glasses on and and like you know like metal worker mask, you know, pieces of metal like, like 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 you like you know what I'm saying like yeah. you know, yeah. I'm um, welding steel. I'm like I'm like. Lawn chairs. Yes. <laughs> what well, my man
1: put on like some, from your, some on, UV he, cream. He, he <laughs> put like, no
0: petroleum jelly on his face. On face. Like that was gonna protect him. Right. You know what I'm and saying? I and
1: I love the thing. He was like, he says, You want something this? He says, This is for the UV light. And he says, Yeah, but what's gonna protect you from the bomb? That's what he said. And he, the guy sat there and looked at him and was like, Oh, good point, or whatever. Because every yeah. cause
0: cause most, cause even him when they was doing the test, every time he would still look at the bomb. Every mm-hmm. time he would look at he would look up and look at it. So this mm-hmm. fool was knowingly risking his eyes and life on purpose. Mm-hmm. Stupid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's just crazy because you know, it's like that like you said, going back, that was a big concern. Like you said, it was like, yo, with the um at, you know, simple the chain reaction and we burn in the atmosphere. And, like, they was like, uh, is this going to happen? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And we don't like, know. We don't know. And so then they was like, well, let's go to probably the smartest person in the world that's not working on this and ask them. But they went to Albert Einstein. They didn't tell Albert Einstein what it was because he wasn't a part of, you know, say, the mm-hmm. Manhattan Project. They just gave him an equation. And they said, hey, he was like, hey, guys, hey, what's going on? He said, I heard you guys working on something, you know, good, whatever, like that. And he was like, they had a piece of paper. They was like. Hey, Albert, I want you to look at this and tell us what you think. And Albert's like, okay,
0: okay, okay, oh, okay, It's okay. like, you doing look, this? And then he
1: looks up at them, and he looks back. And mind you, nothing on the paper is written like we are making atomic bomb. Nah, it's just it was just equation, a
0: formula. A
1: formula. And he looked at it, and he looked at them, and was like, and he knew automatically, like, I know in his mind, he was like, y'all mofos really about to make an atomic bomb out here he looked and it was like so what do you think he was like uh give me some time to go over this (laughs) give me some time to go over this i'll let you guys know or whatever so you know apparently his notes that he came back was like hey if y'all do this whatever precautions it's a near zero percent chance that this is going to happen and that's the that's the scene you see and you've seen in trailers in the movie where you know matt damon who was the um who's the uh, military official, who's like, he's an army whole, general, yeah. army general over the whole project. And like they're you know, it's the day of, and he was like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. He was like, so are you trying to tell And he was like, what, what do you mean? Cause they started taking bets. The scientists started taking odds. Like, all right, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, it's going to blow. It's going to do this. Oh, it's going to be a 10 guillotine. Then he said, he says, what about bets on atmosphere? He says chain reacts for the atmosphere and fire. <laughs> and then people was like, yeah, give me here's the thing, they're taking bets on this, and these people could die for this, they all just take bets. Yeah, they're not,
0: they not coming back if that actually happens. They're
1: not coming back, and you got back, David was like, hey, so what do you mean about this? He was like, it was just a you know, slight theory that this possibly could, you know, chain reaction, you know, if you know we fire it off and the chain reaction doesn't stop. And it was like, "What?" what he said, so you're trying to tell me that we could fire this off, and it'd be the end of the world? He was like, it's near zero percent. Near zero percent. He says, "How about can we make that zero percent?"
0: yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you know, good. whatever. Good. Yeah, man. So- Yo, so there's <laughs> so it was a lot of stuff like that. So all right, let's uh-huh. let's, let's talk about Oppenheimer himself. So it's I'm I'm kind of glad that Oppenheimer was viewed essentially like, according to 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 lore, like how he really was as a person, because mm-hmm. we could have easily made this into him being like some like weird dude like on the spectrum mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying, just, you know, mm-hmm. being you not know, just being quirky for like for no reason, but they made mm-hmm. this dude say, hey, but well, we need y'all to know that this man was a really smart man, but he was really a man for real. Yeah. Because what I mean, I did not think, old oppie was gonna be out here panty you know, rating the entire time
1: <laughs> you, you know what there was a song created a couple of years ago for oppenheimer and we didn't even know it i love bad bitches and that's the problem <laughs> i love bad. So that's my epic problem that is oppenheimer's problem he liked bad women he like chicks he won't he won't the drizzles. That's what he. know. That is yo, what he is after. He talking about,
0: he's talking about finding the finding um, the the formula for the bomb. That man yeah. found the equation for the vagina. Zeta, he right? is <laughs> always there. You now I'm saying? First, let's, let's let's play this. He's married. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Married. Figure that out. Mm-hmm. Then he's messing around with his boy's wife. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then mess around with his other boy's wife. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he was just making flirty eyes with everybody, just yeah. in, in his little circle. Mm-hmm. Like you know, not only is he smart, but he messy. Like right. Afrohammer was super messy. He knew all yeah. the stuff at the house, basically. And, and his and wife, <laughs> and his wife knew. That's how bold it was. He told his wife, hey,
1: this is what's happening right here. It's not you. It's me, and I found somebody who I think understands me better than you. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. She's going to actually divorce her husband. So, and and the wife was like, You got her pregnant, didn't you? He was like, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she's going to divorce her husband, and you know, we're going to go ahead and get married, you know, in time before she starts the show. You know, like he had all this plan out in his head and that and like it, i love that they showed that he was a flawed human you know oh, so yeah. and, he, and he was just a man and he was a man and him being flawed also went into his um his scientific ways because you see early on he is horrible at, pra- at practical science Yo. and a, and applying science
0: Yo. he was
1: horrible
0: terrible where did he end up going so, he was like- in
1: in london or one of those one of those um Scientific programs or something in London, and was in the lab destroying stuff.
0: (laughs) His his professor was digging at him every day to the point where he put cyanide in an apple to kill that man. He tried to poison that man. I said, said, "Yo, that man put so much pressure on me. I don't like you as a person anymore. You should die. You you should die, right? Yeah." He really like yo. He went there cyanide, and he said, "You know what?" Yes, I hit him with the dagger. Um, what, what what fairy tale is that? <laughs> the apple. Snow White. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> trying to Snow White that man, yo. Like, it looks delicious, not pretty. Go ahead. Yo, my, I was like, something's wrong yeah. with this man. Yeah, tried, and, and the only reason he didn't do it because the other professor that he loved, you know, what I'm saying, you know, he was wanted, by. you know, he so he saw his um his lecture and all that came back,
1: yeah,
0: and he said, oh my god, I forgot about the apple, so he's yeah. running the class. And the man almost in the in the world renowned speaker yeah. lecturer that came out almost ate the apple. Yeah. And I don't know if all that, that I don't like. No, I don't know if all that part is true. But
1: if but it like, is, that's still, some wild shit. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> and, and the fact that he liked that lecturer because that lecture was like, hey man, I wasn't good at practical science too, or whatever. He says he's like Oppenheimer. Here's the thing, Oppenheimer was a genius in theory. Having theories, creating formalism still he, st- he won't even that great in math. He'll tell you that too. He—he he had the theories and he had what he felt formulas he could do, but he wasn't—he couldn't apply it. That's why when Yeah. He, yeah. That's why when he took great that point. job, he took that first job at Berkeley at um, UC Berkeley. He he wanted his room next to that other scientist who was like already won a Nobel Peace Prize and applying certain type of scientific, yeah. you know, saying scientific thing. You know, it's another thing that's kind of like glossed over. And What's this, that? This man discovered black holes. Low key. This man, like, like, and if you, and people are like, "What are you talking about?" If you get, if you want to go back and watch it for another three hours, but in the, <laughs> the that's it. Like, he's teaching his class. You know, he's teaching his class quantum what quantum physics because they didn't have that over in the u.s at the time and he started the program over there at berkeley and there was a, a kid that was a doctor who was taking a class and he basically was explaining yeah there's something out there in space that's like drawing matter that draws all matter when it comes close to it like no light or whatever can escape he says but we don't we just can't see it we don't know what it was yeah he, if, and like i said if this is true as well he came up with the theory and came out with a paper, and they said, "Yo, you came up, and they had, and they approved this paper dissertation." Oh, okay, there's these things out there called black holes in space that's sucking up light and matter, or whatever. But guess what? The day he thought that you know they was gonna put an article in the paper stuff about him, oh, the Nazis invade Poland, World War II, He was like, "Yeah, man, you're taking the back seat on this right it's, here."
0: It's a, yeah, yo. This ain't. <laughs> don't nobody care about this.
1: Nobody care about this. They care about this right here. So yeah, so you. You see, you see also too throughout the movie where, and it goes back and forth. In the beginning, it goes back and forth a whole lot from when he was in college to, you know, I guess their present time to past that, where you see like he's like, and you see like the, the explosions, and, and he's just thinking about, you know, the effects of like an atomic bomb and stuff like that.
0: And in retrospects, we don't really know if he's thinking about this after the facts or during the time. You know what I'm saying? Because Nolan does a great job of like interweaving the actual events of the bomb into the into the storyline.
1: Yeah.
0: And to, to make it a visual thing, almost like a um like he's having a vision of the future. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really it's really funny just how they how they go back and forth because we have Him being seen in the like, like this, like the basically like like a subcommittee Mm -hmm. hearing. Mm -hmm. And then we see him talking at this, um, at this other hearing she talked about where he um, made Strauss look stupid. Mm-hmm. And then you have the um, the current, what would be like the present day in that movie mm-hmm. when he's like you know making them like making the whole thing because that's mm-hmm. basically again that's that's like the color like the color part of the movie, ah, and ah. then of course there's all like just the the, the Strauss, all, point, of the, the, the Strauss point of view which is including clearly in black and white, yeah. and now that I saw the movie and realized that that whole black and white part is the part of the villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I know because like Nolan was saying, basically. The the part that's in um in, in color is like the more like objective part. Like that's the part that's like, you know, that's really happened. And then the black and white is is more subjective. So mm-hmm. the way I interpret it is Strauss's thing is very subjective because that's how he felt about everything that was going on. And yeah. instead of actually, you know what I'm saying, verifying and dealing with it, that's just how he felt that that everything went.
1: Yeah. Um, let's talk about him having his commitment his hearing and this and you know the whole time people, we're trying to figure out damn who has this vendetta against this man to where I want to make something perfectly clear I thought this and this really did happen and I thought this was like showing you know the trash side of the United States this man created an atomic bomb he you know he created he helped create atomic bomb along with other scientists and everything like that right and because one person had a problem and behind the scenes caused all this stuff and commotion and got people to do this and that, he loses his security clearance? He loses his... And mind you, once again, Strauss is not a scientist. You have all these other people that are scientists who has his back, except for the one person, he'll who wanted to further the, you know what I'm saying, the, the hydrogen, hydrogen
0: bomb, hydrogen
1: bomb yeah. thing. And, and he was like, hey, man, like, hey, at what point he, you know, he, he... Oppenheimer was, like, to the point where he was like, hey, at what point does this stop? Like, we have to, at some point, like, yeah. you know, take a step back and be like, yo, we're gonna end up doing something that's gonna be catastrophic. And one scene that shows the empathy that he has for creating the bomb and realizing, like, god dang, yo, I've really started something was when... Because of this, two things. Germany has already surrendered in World War II. Germany already... They they waved the white flag. Hitler is dead, or whatever. They were creating the atomic bomb to drop on Germany. That was their whole thing. They drop, Drop on Germany. That was their whole thing. Yeah, we
0: gotta stop the Nazis.
1: Yeah, we gotta stop the Nazis. They already quit. The government was like, keep doing what you're doing, or whatever. And they basically was like, look, we still at war with the Japanese. And they ain't quitting. And they and no matter what we do. And then so Oppenheimer agreed to do it because he's like, yo, if we build this to let them know, hey, y'all keep effing with us, we gonna do this type thing, or whatever, you know, maybe they'll stop. The US is like, yeah, 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 they'll stop. Just just build us two two bombs, one that's real big, big bomb, and one that's kind of you know smaller than that. And you and so they dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and the thing is. He asked, hey, yo, let me know when y'all do it or when y'all are going to do it. They never called that man and told him nothing. No, he heard
0: it on the, radio like everybody else. on the
1: radio like everybody else. He goes to see the president, Harry Truman. And you see, like, he's still dealing with the thought of God, all these people that died from this or whatever. And he sees the Time Magazine article. So he's already going through this Tony, in his mind. And he sees the Time Magazine article that says, the father <laughs> of the atomic bomb. And he looks at it and is like, ugh and then harry s truman once again don't know if this is true or not but if so trash that's all i got to say man yo my rashad
0: yo so so, yeah go Go ahead ahead. ahead. no 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 so they're talking and again no one does this i'm I'm gonna intercut Mm -hmm. and in the intercut to a prior meeting of him Talking to you know, what I'm saying like I guess like joints, heads of state and whatever. Uh-huh. And he's they said, hey, well, we got a list of 12 cities we can we can drop these bombs on. <laughs> he said, I already chopped I already chopped it down to 11. 11. 11. Um, because um yeah, Kyoto. That's a real like historical cultural um, cultural uh, yeah. place for the Japanese people. And me and yeah. my wife went on vacation there. It's a lovely yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo. Yeah. And at that point, it solidified to me that yeah. White people be doing anything.
1: Yeah. And what was it, it he said too? He was like, uh, um, he was like, look, man, he, he actually came up with the idea of like accords to control atomic bomb thing. He was telling Harry S. Truman This Harry S. Truman was like, mm, okay. Because Truman was so excited to meet this man. Like, you created a you created a weapon that I use to drop on these these fools and stuff like that. And Truman, and then he was like, Yeah, you know, and he just starts talking about like, you know, I, I I can't sleep at night.
0: You know, like we anymore. need like we need regulations. You know what Regulation saying?
1: stuff. And Truman looked at him and said, "Let me tell you something. Nobody care that you made that. They gonna say that I dropped it. I'm perfectly all right with that." He was like, "I'm perfectly all right with that and everything." And then he was like, "So you gonna stay on for the hydrogen bomb too? He was like, "No, nah, I'm good, bro." And then he was like, "So what do you think we should do with all that land?" He was like, "Let's give it back to the Indians. Like that, because because that's a whole other thing right there that you find out." About that, you know, we, we might talk about oh. that on, on another episode or whatever. But he was just like, "Hey, let's get about it." Do you see the look Harry Truman gave him? Like, yeah, no, no, that's not going to happen. And Who else so, was they, in the room
0: with him? Was 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 that the VP that was in the room with him?
1: I I don't know. I think it might have been the Secretary of Defense or something. It was somebody way, else. Man,
0: like and his all... facial his facial expressions was hilarious. He was yeah. like. Give it to the idiots.
1: Give it to the idiots. You lost your mind.
0: Yo, and so, which is when cr- he
1: was. Which think like, about what he was. I'm sorry about
0: that. And no, ahead. no. it was even crazier because like, remember, he said he. White people don't be caring, you all like at all at all. They, they Oppenheimer said, hey, there's a place where it's pretty remote. I love it. I, I, I've been there. Me and my brother. You know what I'm saying? We know the land. We can yeah, we can like, get it squared race, away. You know? They yeah yeah. it's just place with you know we we you know we got a place there. You know what I'm saying? Like my fa- yeah. my family does. Yeah. So this goes to tell you just how well off they already was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And secondly, they had to clear all the native people off. They said hey they they do like they do like some like they do like some ritualistic stuff here. But like other than that, nah, they good. Just yeah. totally brushed them off. Yeah. They said they it's, went through
1: and bulldozed like. Native American Yo. houses and everything, and leveled that, and law lo- and lo- what Los Alamos? They labeled, yeah, leveled, that. yeah, yeah, they leveled Alamos, out and yeah. and got and got all of those Native Americans out to create, to create that. But this is also what I want to say. After the meeting, he's like, "All right, yeah, going out of here." Harry S. Truman was like, "Yo, get this pansy ass out of here. He don't ever come back." He basically called Abraham a bitch. is basically it said. Y'all, you don't need to come back no more. I <laughs> get that pansy out of here. Y'all, this is that. He was, you know what it was like? How they say, never meet your heroes? That's what Y'all. happened to Harry S. Truman. He met the guy that he thought was his hero because he created this damn bomb and he didn't live up to being like this Dr. War that he yeah, thought that he yeah, was gonna yeah, be, yeah, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, he... He thought he was gonna be like, like a warmonger. yeah, and all like you know, like yeah,
1: USA,
0: yeah. USA, America, <laughs> yeah, you know, what I'm saying? yeah, <laughs> that's what he really thought, <laughs> yo. And it's it's just crazy, man. Like I, I was, and okay, so I got to about the end scene. The end scene to me is it is so impactfully because yeah. when um. Einstein, they show a flashback, basically the actual scene of him and, um, you know, when Robin Downey Jr.'s character, Strauss got pissy. He uh-huh. said, hey, he said, look, he said, look, man, when this, he, said, when, he said, they're going to basically, they're going to go against you mm-hmm. and they even kick you out, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to come around and try to, you know, make up for what they did to you. And and, what they did. and and the thing that he said was, um, Einstein said that was so real. He said, and when they do this and they try to um, celebrate you, it's not going to be for you. It's going to be for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like,
1: yeah
0: oh yep. like for me like that was like a like on some life lesson type stuff i was yep. like yo that's that was a very i, I know it's on the surface it sounds real mm-hmm. obvious and goofy but that was, to me like that was like the most profound statement of the whole thing of the whole movie to me because that's exactly what happened
1: and shout out to oppenheimer's wife that chick can hold a grudge like yo war. she had to been a Scorpio because I'm a Scorpio and I hold Yeah, that shit was on another level of grudge. Nah, she, you know? like, she won't shake
0: a nobody she won't shake
1: none of them folk hand years later when they finally gave him some type of award the one guy that really like tried to grow him he stuck his hand out Oppenheimer was just like she kept saying fight back please fight yeah, yeah, fight yeah, back and yeah. he was just like yeah, and he was self-deprecating. He felt he deserved that because what he created. Very and he, true. And all the lives that, that, that died, and maybe future lives that's gonna die because of the atomic bomb. So he felt he deserved that. And she told him that to his face. And he had that look like, oh then, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Kind of noticed that. Yeah. And the last scene of the movie as well.
0: Yeah, it was I basically, yeah, basically was what he what he saw was kind of like the um nuclear war yeah it it, it it was it was cool because it was one of those things where this is a thing that is usually spoken mm-hmm. like the like you know we should we should be doing these things because yada yada, yada. and it was like now nah, let's just show you mm-hmm. the world burning because we can't figure out how to behave and get along with one another mm-hmm. and it just ends like that and i sat there like yeah oh boy this is a cautionary tale (laughs) just
1: just, just think about that people like oh everybody just starts launching their daggone nuclear weapons like not at the same time but like back to back to back and oh look what happens bye bye earth you know
0: crazy man like it's it's so much that we ain't talking about but like man it's it's this this movie right here yeah is like I said at the beginning, it's full Chris Nolan, man. And yeah. Whew, yeah. Heavy, heavy movie. Great job. This is gonna win a lot of the awards. Yeah, yeah. Automatically.
1: And oh, by the way, for people that didn't know, the atomic bomb that, they, that he did let off, like the test, that was an actual atomic bomb explosion. No CGI.
0: Practical effects. Practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. Um amen to another great Christopher Nolan on um, movie. Uh, see you guys on Wednesday. We're gonna have um Secret Invasion finale. Mm-hmm. Um oh yeah, not sure if you saw your, your rewatch of Rebels. We need to get yes. on that. Oh, I'm I'm, um,
1: I'm I'm almost done with it. I got like three more episodes of the first season. Good.
0: So so we'll um probably drop that like Thursday or so. And um and we'll then resume back on Wednesdays for the rewatch for um for Rebels. All right, Joe, till next time.